Running with Problems. I'm John Eisen. And I'm Miranda Williamson. Running with Problems is a podcast about the challenges we face as runners, from navigating our bodies, dealing with social dynamics, and facing personal trauma. How are you doing, Miranda? Hi. Um, So this was a fun pod. This was a really fun pod. I was so happy to get our guest on. Yeah. Today's guest is Silke Koster. Got the pronunciation right. Good job. Uh, She is a local runner here in Boulder, co-founder of the Rocky Mountain Runners. She's sponsored by La Sportiva. She's on their mountain running team. She's a mother. She's one of the High Lonesome 100 legacy runners, which means she gets an entry every year into High Lonesome as long as she keeps going. And we, we get a, we a little touch on that during the episode. She's also a beekeeper. We also touch on that. Oh, yeah. The, I believe we start. <laughs> if you are sensitive to beekeeping talk, you might want to skip the first 10 minutes of the interview. Oh, John is making fun of, it, fun of me. We're going to do a check-in. It's a little sensitive. We're going to talk about pregnancy loss. So if you are not interested in that, please feel free to skip this intro and go right into the episode. We don't talk about any of that in the episode though. So dive right in and enjoy. Yeah. We'll put the timestamp of when the uh, interview starts in the show notes. So you can, if you're looking for that, go check out the show notes, check out the description in your, of the podcast in your podcast app. Um, you know, I have to admit, I think I came into this interview with a little bit of bias about Rocky Mountain Runners. You know, as a Boulder runner, uh, you see the Rocky Mountain Runners everywhere, and there's a vibe about them. And I, I have attended many Rocky Mountain Runners uh, runs, um, their Monday night run up mm-hmm. Green Mountain, quite a few times. That's how uh, I met Silke and got her, asked her to be on the pod. Um, but even in this conversation, I felt that I was enlightened a lot about the yeah. founding of the group and what the group stands for, and it totally changed my perspective. Mine, too, and I get into that a little bit with my story about the berry pickers, which you'll all enjoy, and what I didn't oh, say such a good story. about that story is that I ended up toggling back and forth, forth with those runners three more times on that run, and I could have run with them. Like, I, I could run with them, and I've always thought, like, I, I can't run with the Rocky Mountain Runners. They're too fast. They're too good. They're too fast. They're too serious. And that is just something that we were very much enlightened by in this episode. It's something we were wrong about. Yeah. And I think I'm okay admitting that um, even though I've been accustomed to running with these people for a lot, like, I still had a little bit of bias there. And I'm glad that that has been yeah. relegated out. And I will add, though, there I do believe there is a space and a community out there for the fast, competitive folks. And Absolutely. a space and a community out there for the folks who are there for different reasons. Um, like, uh, I think I talk about once where I was on a run with um, the Boulder Trail Runners, and we stopped to pick apples. And I was just so like, oh, oh no one's in a hurry to get this workout done. This is not a workout. It was like a, a moment for me where I learned that oh, yeah. that group approached running completely differently. It was not about the workout. And I think the big lesson, or not, I mean, I don't know if it's a big lesson, but it's a small lesson. Like, just because someone's faster than you doesn't mean they think 
differently about running. I mean, maybe they do. I mean, there's a lot of ways to think about running, but it doesn't mean that they're all about being serious just because they move a little quicker on average. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that they don't want to run with you. I get this all the time with people who are slower than me. And, you know, I'm not that fast, but there are people who are slower than me. Like, and when I say, hey, let's go for a run, they'll be like, oh, you don't want to run with me. I'm too slow. And it's like, just because you're slower than me doesn't mean I don't want to run with you. The other week I went running with uh, Anthony from uh, season two, Anthony, Anthony Lee. Lee. Yeah. Guest and, the friend of the pod. And he just, he just uh, got second place at Hurt 100 in 21 hours and change. Congrats, Anthony. Oh, big congrats, Anthony. He is super fast, but, you know, we went running, never complained, didn't really have a problem with it. And, like, just because somebody's faster than you doesn't mean they don't want to run with you. Just because somebody's faster than you doesn't mean they're super serious about it and they never want to, like, slow down or pick berries or whatever. Yeah. And I think there's this vibe about the Rocky Mountain Runners in Boulder and that, and that's been dispelled at least completely for me. I really enjoyed having Silke on. She was yeah. an amazing guest, super interesting person, and such an intentional founding of this group. Yes, I loved that origin story. So we hope that y'all enjoyed the interview. Uh, like we said, skip to check-in if you're a little sensitive to pregnancy talk. Um, we'll put the show notes. Uh, we'll put the, we'll put the timestamp in the show notes. So let's skip to that. Let's let's get to the check-in. How are you doing, Miranda? It's been a rough week. Oi. We've had a rough week over here at our Eisen Williamson household. Williamson Eisen household. <laughs> I like alphabetical order. Okay. Um, yeah, so we, as most avid pod listeners know, we've been trying to get pregnant for a while now. Mm-hmm. And we have that seminal season one, episode three episode. Yeah, and we finally did, and we were very excited. This episode was actually going to be the episode where we shared with you all, because we want to be very open about this journey. It's mm-hmm. um, something I've gone into this being very intentional about. We did know during the last 2023 recap, but it didn't. It felt like it was a bit early to share it super publicly. Yeah, um, but we were hoping that this episode we would share it and we would have more information to share. But um, the night before our uh, scheduled ultrasound, we um, that morning we knew we were losing the pregnancy. And yeah. turned out to be multiples, so we we ended up losing multiple pregnancies. What, what, what does multiple mean? Twins, twins, twin pregnancies, Ooh. as they say. Twin. So it was a lot of information to take in, and it's been um, a week of taking in that information and and grappling with that loss in you know the ways that we do. And I will I will say we we um. Went on a run together right after we left the doctors. Yeah. I, well, first we were heading home, and then we, we turned and went to our favorite breakfast spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically your favorite breakfast My spot. My favorite breakfast spot in Boulder. Which I also love. Lucky's Cafe. Shout out. Not sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. Uh, and, then, and then I had a workout to do. Yeah. Because, you know, I have a training plan, and... Um, and you could have easily just skipped it. We could have skipped it for sure, but we decided to go running. We took the dog. I was actively miscarrying at this point, by the way, Potters. And 
it felt weird to start, but it felt very normal to be out there running. Yeah. And it was the most normal thing we did that day. It was. It felt good. It felt right. It was beautiful out. We took the dog, like you said. I had a conversation later in the week with my good friend Nate, and uh, we were talking about, I don't know, just the balance of running in life. Mm-hmm. And and I remembered this run about, you know, on the day that we found out this tor- terrible news. And I just thought, you know, I may put a lot of effort into running, and I put a lot of effort in this pond, put a lot of effort in High Lonesome, um, but running gives me the most pleasure, the most happiness yeah. of anything I do in this life. And, you know, so you, somebody could, you could look at that, you could judge, you're like, oh, what, you should be with your family or whatever. But, like, being out there running with you was, I think, the best choice we made that day to help yeah. s- help jumpstart that um, emotional recovery. Yeah, definitely. That, we spent the whole day together, and we called in sick, of course, and it was just a, yeah, day of, of trying to figure out our path forward. And what did you do on that day? What did I do? Yeah, I believe you signed up for something. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Uh, this, okay, this makes me sound um, like I'm running from my problems. But I but no, truly we're running, feel, we're running yes, with our problems. I truly feel like um, our episode with Courtney Boyle about grief and running really helped me make this decision. And that was a decision to run with these problems, to run with this grief and move forward in my life. And I signed up for a 50K. Yeah, in April. In April, or a flame. This is my first 50K ever. Well, it was your first 50K when you yes. ran it originally. Correct. This would be you coming back to it. Correct. Just to be clear. Thank you. Yes, yes, just to be clear. And John had already signed up for it, and I was yeah. going to go support him mm-hmm. um, and not race because... Because um, you were going to be pregnant. Reasons, and um, now I... And I was a little slightly jealous when that, that like was the decision we made. Um, but, so I signed up, and we're going to go race each other. Yeah. So we'll keep you posted on that. We like racing each other. It's we do like it. Fun. But it's, it's a couple months out, and the people want us to race sooner. So do you have any announcements on that front? <laughs> we also, in the vein, same vein of recovery and rejuvenation. Emotional recovery, rejuvenation. Uh-huh. We're going to take a little trip. We are. We are going to take a little trip. We're going to go to Marin, and we're running a 28K there. Yeah, we're going to go run the Big Alta, sponsored by uh, Speedland, my my ambassador sponsor people. Um, And it's run by Dylan Bowman of Free Trail and Daybreak Racing. It's one of their new races. And I've run in Marin once, and it's just, I mean, if you guys haven't run in Marin like the Marin Headlands, gals. guys and gals and thems and theys. Yeah. Uh, it's Z's and theys, Z's and theys. How, what's the, how's the roll? Z, the, Z's Z, Z, Z's and Z's and Z's. Z's and Zims. They Zims. I think. All right, we're going to get it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll keep trying. Uh, but I highly recommend running in the Marin Headlands. It's one of, 
it's just so incredible. The trails go forever. They're all runnable, but they can get steep, and there's such beautiful views of the water and the mountains and the giant trees as you go farther north into the Muir, Muir Woods, John Muir Woods. Yeah. So but we're really excited to go run this race. It's next week. Again, I want to be very clear that this is not an, uh, an avoidance of the emotional experience we just had. We're working to, like, reconnect. Have a good time. I, I kind of Have view it as, together. like, we needed a moment to, to get back in touch with how we fell in love, how we, how we have some of our favorite experiences. Yeah. And traveling for a race is just core to uh, who I am as a person, who you are as a person, who we are as a couple. So it's a, and it just seems super fun. We're going to go check out some Northern California stuff and we're going to have some fun. So, so we'll have some updates. So we'll have some updates on... Uh, I believe the current score is three to two in favor of you. Ooh. Right? Yep, yep. After the... These next two after races. After the 25K in Gold Hill. Uh-huh. That yeah. one was a good win for me. I don't know. I'm feeling pretty fit, babe. How are you feeling? Well, <laughs> I just went through something pretty hefty, but I mm-hmm. also, you know, I was carrying twins and still running. Oh, the rice cooker. Oh, we should wait for the rice cooker. You guys want to hear it? I think think our listeners have heard it before. Okay. And now I am not, so you better watch out. Yeah. It's like like carrying a weight vest for your whole training cycle. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you all don't mind the levity. It's how we get through this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Last week was hard. But, uh, you know, you just move forward. Yeah, you run with your problems. That's right. So enjoy this episode with Silke. Yeah, it's a really good one. Hope you like it. See you on the other side. Hello and welcome to Silke Coaster, uh, La Sportiva mountain runner, mother, co-founder of the Rocky Mountain Runners, Highlands and 100 legacy runner as well. Do you have any other titles? Nope. <laughs> Beekeeper. <laughs> Beekeeper. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Which I grew yeah. up when my dad was a beekeeper. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. You should get some. Some of your honey? Yes. Or some bees myself. Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Where Both. would I put them? I mean, like in my tiny backyard. <laughs> I do have a lot of honey. I should have brought some. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Jars Next stashed time. away all over the okay, place. Okay, so um, do you chew on the honeycomb like pop it in your mouth like candy uh-huh. and chew on it yeah this is a joy from my childhood that i'd love for john to experience oh yeah i would love it <sighs> sticky fingers because you you had bees growing up as well your yeah. dad was a beekeeper yeah so we would just break off big chunks of the honeycomb uh-huh. and chew on it until it turned into like gum like yeah. wax balls yeah. in your mouth you i mean you can eat the you can eat the wax it's yeah. all edible yeah how what did what got you into beekeeping? You know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. It was a bit of a whim. Honestly, I thought I would have chickens before I got bees. But then I just sort of, you know, it's like a time of year thing. And it was the right time of year. And I was like, well, let's do it. And I had no idea anything about it. Um, it's been maybe nine years 
It's been a while. Oh, and there's wow. like, a, I assume there's like a learning process. There's, a, it's, it's, it is a learning process. The entire thing. The entire thing. Just when you think you figured it out, you unfigure it out. Like running. Yeah. Yes. You know, you never, you n- you're never there. Everything I've learned from running, I've learned from failing. Yeah. Or you're like, yes, I figured out my nutrition. And then you're like, no. Nope. It's like that with bees. Have you yeah. had any or any of your queens leave the hive and you had to like go fish them out of trees or something? I've only seen one swarm. One I've only seen uh-huh. one of my hives swarm once okay. when I when Wait, I actually what, got to see it. What do you mean yeah. swarm? Like they they like all flew together as like yeah. a ball. Yeah. Sometimes it's like the a mass queen exodus. will leave and then and the, the workers will just follow. follow? Her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like if it, you know, it could happen for a variety of reasons, but like if the hive is, you know, if they're too full, right, yeah. there's no more space. And so the like, queen's just like, yeah, she takes some. So, uh-huh. so they'll raise a new queen, the old queen. It, sometimes she's the one who leaves, sometimes she stays. You, yeah. you don't really know what's happening, but, but like in one organized span of five minutes of chaos, they, they just leave. Yeah. And, and then they, they go to find a new home. They go to find a new home. And my wow. dad would hunt them back down and get the <laughs> mm-hmm. queen and bring her back to a new hive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've caught a few wild swarms. Um, not my own, but um, I have a few. There's a few people in the neighborhood who keep bees. So. One of my coworkers is on, like, the Longmont. He's on call with the animal control. Uh-huh. And when they have a rogue swarm, since he's also a beekeeper, yeah. he'll, like, go and collect the... Collect the, 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 the swarm, the yeah. mother, right? Yeah. The queen, the queen. That's yeah. what you call it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, and like that's the right thing to do because you know usually when they when they leave they'll go find like a temporary home, mm-hmm. like in someone's shed or in their grill or like under their like you know couch cover outside furniture covers, yeah. and then people get really scared because a they think they're wasps uh-huh. and then it looks really scary because there's like a cluster of like thousands of yeah, bees it's a lot. and it seems really intimidating but they're actually extremely docile like they're uh-huh. not going to attack you in that state especially in the swarming state yeah especially in the swarming state so they're actually like i because mean you they could just don't gra- have a home is there's nothing to protect yeah is they that- don't yeah they're they're quite vulnerable um they've also gorged themselves with honey before they left so uh. they're like kind of fat <laughs> and like whoa so, th- so this is like a planned maneuver it's, the yeah. queen mm-hmm. is like all right, you guys get ready. We're going We're on going. three, two, one. We're going to hunt for yeah. a new spot. Yeah. Yeah. Go find a new So, yeah, the right place. thing is to call a beekeeper to, to safely remove them. Well, it's okay. Yeah. I want to hear your running origin story. Yeah, we kind of buried the lead. <laughs> yeah. How did you become a runner? Was uh, your family runners? No. You know, the running thing... Um, it's not something I did as a kid. I, I like I swam as a kid, but not like recreationally. I wasn't like an athlete. Um, when I went to college, I just went to like a D3 school. This wasn't like anything competitive. And I joined the rowing club. Oh, where? Okay. So, uh, Washington University in St. Louis. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know what that is. I've been oh, there. Oh, you're like one of two people who know where that is. Yeah, they have a yeah. pretty good medical system. They, uh, yep, they've got a good med school. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been to St. Louis a bunch of times. There's a good yeah. software conference that's there. That's okay. why I know about it. Cool. Anyway. Yeah, so that's where I went to school, and I joined the rowing club, and so I was a rower, and I really disliked doing the, like, indoor winter workouts in the basement on the rowing machines. I was just Mm -hmm. in Boston, and I was running on the Charles River, and it's all iced over, and I ran past the boathouses, and it's just 
25 people doing rowing exercises yeah. in rowing gear indoors. Indoors, I was yeah. Like, oh, this is your entire winter. All the winter, yeah. And so I hated that. So I would go rogue and I would go running. You know, there's that big park, okay. Forest Park in yeah, St. Yeah, Louis, yeah. Right, in of, so nice. right in front of right in front of the um, university campus. And so I would just go running there instead. So that's kind of how I started running. Just, you know. To get out of the... Just to get out of the basement. Yeah. Okay, um, and then what was the transition to ultra running? Was it a gradual, like, I'm going to go sign up for this half marathon and then a marathon? Yeah. Yeah, when I started running, I mean, I barely knew about marathons. Like, ultra running was something that, like, had, I didn't... I'd never heard of. Yeah. Right? It wasn't, like, part of the scene. Um, <clears throat> and so... Yeah, I just, I moved to New York after college, New York City. Okay. Because why not? Sure. You know, it was sort of a point in my life when I was like, let's do Did you it. live in Manhattan? In Manhattan. Yeah, nice. pretty close to Central Park. And so I'd run in Central Park and I joined nice. a running club because that's, you know, you got to meet people when you're new in a big city. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and that was life changing in the sense that like I met my friends, I met Ryan, um, my sister was part of it as well. And so, and then that then I got into marathon running and like the ah. New York City Marathon. Still didn't know about ultra running. Um, so this was like... So Ryan didn't know about ultra running? No. Or, no? Really? Okay. No. Well, this was like... This know. was like... Spoilers. Ryan like, is Silke's husband. Yeah. This was like, you know, we're like <laughs> of a different generation where this was like the era of... Like Dean Karnazes had just come out with his book. Right. The, whatever it was So called. that was the... I mean... That's the first big publication of ultra running. Yeah. The first boom, I guess, right. is Dean's book. Yeah, so I was living in New York at the ultra time. Ultra Marathon Man. Yeah, where he runs with like a pizza box. Right, he runs. Right. He's, what? He's, he's doing a he's doing a re a two hundred mile relay by himself, and there's order there's an ordering of a pizza to a certain location that he's going to run to. Oh, okay. In the middle of the night, I've read the book. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, so this was like, like that book came out as I was in New York. And so then it was like, oh, there's this like, ult, like ultra running. This is a thing. Ah. Um, I, I, for a brief stint before I lived in New York, um, I lived in Driggs, Idaho, which okay. is, which is just on the backside of the Teton mountains. They're just like Ooh. over the mountains from Jackson, Wyoming. Um, and it so sounds like a beautiful place it was really nice it was like a it was much smaller back then so it was just a few hundred people in the town and then from there I moved to New York City those are two very different places yeah yeah, yeah. it was it was really an interesting contrast to talk to people in Driggs when I told them I was moving to New York and they were like but the people <laughs> and then I got to New York and they were like oh where'd you come from and I was like oh I was just in Driggs Idaho and they were like oh but the bears, <laughs> like <laughs> same reaction to opposite, opposite experiences. But, um, so anyways, I had gotten into like some mountain running and trail running while I was in Driggs. I moved to New York. Um, obviously that isn't part of the scene in Manhattan, no. but there's actually a lot of it very close, um, on the other, like just across the bridge on the other side of the river. Mm -hmm. Um, so I spent a lot of my time in New York taking trains, renting cars, and going trail running on the Appalachian Trail. Don't you love that? You move to the city and you spend all your time trying to get out of the city. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's when I knew it was time to move from San Diego. It's because I was spending every weekend driving to the mountains. Yeah. I'm like, I'm never going to the beach. I'm not hanging out in the city. I'm driving to the mountains every single weekend. Right. Time to move. Time to move. Time <laughs> yeah. to go somewhere you can do it like any day, yes. right? Not just save it for the weekends. Yeah. Exactly. That's eventually how we ended up here. So you moved thing. from New York to Boulder. 
Yeah, via a year of traveling. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. So we left New York not knowing Where we did were going to live in Boulder. Um, so we spent it, we got married and, and left immediately thereafter. Um, we had sort of quit our jobs. And nice. Didn't, yeah. didn't this have is a, before it was cool. Before, I guess so. I was mean, it? people have done this all the, you know. I guess so. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a bit on a whim. We had like people do it all the time yeah. these days. <laughs> that is true, yeah, in their vans. Um, but we, we booked one hotel and one plane ticket. Um, and so we decided to go, not try to, like, conquer the world in the year, but just try to go to really faraway places. The kinds of places where, like, when you have a job, it would take all your vacation time to go. Ah. And so we wanted to spend at least two months everywhere we went. Um, so we started off in the Himalaya. Oh, cool. wow. Wow. So, and then sort of from there, pick to the next place and the next place. It does take a while to get and to the Himalayas. Yeah. Then do you yeah. and Ryan enjoy running together? Yeah. Um, we haven't run a lot together ever since we've been parents. There's a lot of baton passing, child yeah. passing. Yeah. Um, but historically, yes, we've, we've done a lot of running together. And obviously on that trip, we just, I mean, we ran everywhere. We ran in some pretty awesome places. And somewhere was, along the way, we picked Boulder. Wow. <laughs> was yeah. running always uh, like a core part of the relationship, like a time to spend time with each other? It, it, yes, we did. Uh, actually, in New York, I actually used to do quite a bit of climbing, which, oddly enough, I don't do anymore in like a climbing place. Now that you were in Boulder. Yeah. Okay. So we climbed a lot. We ran a lot. Um, we did a lot of camping, you know, we just did a lot of like that kind of outdoorsy stuff. So that's always been kind of a core part of, of who we are. Who knew you would move to New York to meet somebody outdoorsy? I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. What are the odds? But I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's turned out well. That's right. So you guys chose to move to Boulder. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, were, when you got, you come move here, were you both ultra runners where you you knew about ultra running you started experimenting like how did how did that timeline yeah we'd already run a few ultras before we came out here to Colorado so we started doing some ultra running I think it was 2008 2008 was our first one um so we did you dabble with a 50k or yeah we did 50ks then worked up to 50 milers um so that was we didn't do anything longer than that until until we were here um we were friends with a bunch of runners in New York, but none of them, everybody stopped at the marathon. Yeah. So the 50K and 50 miles was like kind of nuts. And we really yeah. didn't know anyone else personally who was doing that kind of stuff. Um, so it seemed kind of impossible to jump like even further. At least you started at a very reasonable like yeah. climb up. I know, I hear of people who are like, just jump right in at a 50 miler. Right in. Or a 100 miler. Yeah. And I'm I, like, what? I wonder if don't the, understand. <laughs> I think it may be something about like today's um, media coverage and the the thought process around it is like back in two thousand eight it was probably pretty hard to get exposed to just like what are the races what are the mm-hmm. big like did you even know about Western states like yeah. it's I mean if you did then it's kind of mythical and it's hard to like know about. And these days, it's in your face. Yeah. This is the hundred. You got to do it. If you don't do it, you're not an ultra runner, which I don't really agree with. Right. But like that can be the vibe sometimes of the way that we talk about it. Even even I'm guilty of definitely talking about it like yeah. that. So maybe it's something about like how people coming into the sport today have like they don't have a drip of like oh there's something called ultra running. You should try it. 
versus just you you should you need to be running 100 miles like what are you doing <laughs> yeah no i think that's that's exactly what it is um you know i i mean i used to subscribe to ultra runner ultra running magazine when it was paper copy like it was paper white paper that had been photocopied and stapled together and they would mail it to you oh, and my, oh my gosh and, i love that and that's how you found so like grassroots. that's how you found out about races and that's how you like they had the listing the of results. every race in, yeah. in the in the country mm-hmm. Yeah, it was super old school. And I think <clears throat> there's a huge power in in like exposure and possibility. You know, it's it's kind of like that, you know, that that story that that runners all know about Roger Bannister and the four minute mile, right? Nobody mm-hmm. had done it until, until he did it. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, tons of people started doing it because right. he he created the possibility. So it was kind of like that where in New York, no we didn't know anyone personally who did this kind of stuff seemed very far out there, like a whole different world. So it seemed kind of impossible. And then you move out here and you, you, you start meeting like regular people and all of a sudden things start seeming a bit more possible. Yeah. Even yeah, yeah, back in 2008 was when you moved to Boulder, was it immediately apparent, oh, there are people here who do pretty uh, extreme sports? Like Yeah, we, we knew that coming. We knew that coming. You knew that coming, coming in. in. Yeah, yeah. And the feel, I mean, even today, you can still feel it. It's yeah. like the, the, the density of people who do some weird extreme sport is quite high here. Yeah. I mean, we, a, a neighbor, a new neighbor in our neighborhood who we met this fall is, is an Arctic explorer. Oh, okay. Wow. Like these are, this is, this is Boulder, <laughs> you know? And this isn't like a hobby. This is like a profession, a professional explorer, which is just amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's impressive. That takes a lot of gear. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. A lot of tolerance for the cold. I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, I like when we moved in here, it's like somebody's like, oh, yeah, your neighbor, he's a... He's a runner too, and then I find out. Okay, he's running. He's running Hard Rock this year. And it's oh like, okay, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. We can go for a real run. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know, and that's that's Boulder, right? Like your neighbor's an Olympian. The other person, you know, your other neighbor has run like forty five hundred milers. Yeah. You know, it's just everyone has the done semi pro yeah, climber down the road. Totally. You know? Yeah. It's just and so you obviously found some success. I would say you're good at ultra running mm-hmm. and. Um, I imagine you have a passion and a love for it. What yeah. what drew you in? What was the passion? Um, I think the thing, the, the first thing that sort of drew, I think, both Ryan and I in was just, like, getting to spend time on the trails and, um, you know, that kind of, like, solitude, but also, like, shared experience um, doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, like, we just, we like the endurance aspect of it, the journey yeah. of it. Um, and so that, I guess that's what drew us in you know, the, the power that comes in being able to get somewhere on your own two feet um, and have it not take that long, but also take a really long time at the yeah. same time, you know? Yeah. It's weird how, like, yeah, in the moment, of course, like, I mean, you tell somebody, oh, I'm going to run for 24 hours. It sounds like an impossibly long time. But then you zoom out, and it's like, I only do that once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. It's like one out of 365 days, right? right? Yeah. It's not that long. No, it's not I that long. I can sacrifice one night of sleep. Yeah, totally. 
It's not that crazy. It's not that hard. They're crazier things. <laughs> they're, they're way crazier. <laughs> Are you a competitive I'm, person, Silke? I'm not. No, I think I would be ah, a better runner if I was. No, I'm not like... Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. think it helps. I think it really helps. I wish I was yeah. competitive. This is interesting because yeah. I, I feel the same way. Okay. Like if someone passes me, I'm like, Cool. Yay. Yeah, Good. I'm like, oh, you must nice want it more. Work. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. You're doing what you're doing, and this is how it shakes out. You know, like some people have that, like, hunger, you know. Uh-huh. Like Ryan has this, he calls it, like, you know, him and Claire um, Gallagher who've run together and pasty, mutually pace each other. They're both really hard closers, you oh, know, and, like, I mean, don't... Claire has that legendary close at Western States when she yeah, won. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. La- it's, like, the fastest last 10 miles at Western States by any woman ever. Yeah, wow. it's just nuts, you know, and, like, that, those are competitive people, right? Yeah. yeah. Because, like, they know how to, like, shift gears and go, like, go to this, like, other state of being. Um, Where, like, the rest of your body just doesn't matter. The yeah. only thing that matters is beating that human in front of you. Yeah, or or that time, or just, like, you know... Uh, that's not me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, sometimes I try, I try to be like, all right, like, like maybe you should care a little more. And it's not that I don't care. It's just, I don't know. My perspective's just a bit different. I don't know what it is about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I certainly don't have, I barely a competitive bone in my body and it's good because I'm, I'm too slow to really compete so if I was competitive it might be a detrimental to to actually enjoying my time out there (laughs) but uh like I just feel like you know like I'm in my own head the whole time yeah and and I'm having fun if I'm having fun and whether somebody's ahead of me or behind me doesn't doesn't affect it yeah I I think I think it's a really good place to be personally because you're not reliant on having that other thing that you I mean, you might have less control over right. happen. Yes. Well, You're think, more in control of your experience. Yeah. It's nothing else matters. Yeah. And I think it helps with the transition because we'll never be really competitive athletes forever. Right. And as we transition into other stages of, of our life, yeah. if we have other things that we value about the sport than the competitive nature, mm-hmm. I think it can make that transition a little bit easier. Yeah. And I think, you know, like I always want to like you know, put an honest effort in and like, you know, make myself proud and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But I'm, yeah, I'm not going to like, I don't know yeah. how to like go that to that other place. Com- like not being competitive with other people with the time doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that you're like not going to work hard to like, you want to like feel that you worked as hard as you wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you want to come into something, you care about it, you're going to work quite hard to get it done. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't, but like getting in that competitive place, that's a different, it's a yeah. different state of mind. Do you, do you remember, um, High Lonesome a few years ago? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Um, uh, okay. Listeners of this podcast will know <laughs> that we mentioned high, that the time to High Lonesome is 20 minutes and 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Great. Um, so, uh, when was it? It wasn't last year. Was it maybe the year before or the year before that? I can't remember now. Which um, one? Which one was it? Um, but anyways, I was running the race. I was running that last climb on the pavement oh, to the finish. yes. The, with like a mile to the go. fuck the Artie Hill. Yeah, half a mile to go. Like I'm rounding the bend. 
Um, my pacer is a good friend of mine, Flan, who just ran the oh, Olympic gosh, trials. Yes. Oh, go yeah. Flan. It's so good. Um, anyways, she is also an example of a very driven, competitive person. Ah. So she was pacing me. There was someone coming up behind. Um, and Ryan was standing around the corner and he was like, what are you doing? You got to run. And I was like, this hill, I'm like at mile 99.7 oh here. God. Like, like I'm, I'm, can't You're, see, I'm doing running. What I can. You know, and he was like, she's gaining on you. And I was like, I don't know who. And it was Casey Lichtig was behind me. Oh yeah, me. that was your Casey. That was the year, yeah. She had a, mm-hmm. she had a big stomach trouble up yeah. on the high country. And right, then, the altitude. And yeah. And then rallied, you know, she's so fast. Um, and Incredible. she's a road runner. So she, 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 you know, that last bit on Did the pavement. Did she clip you at the end? Oh yeah. Yeah. We like turned oh. into the field. Yeah. And so people like, I mean, I think Flan is, is like, she was like, I can't believe I let, like, you know, I let her catch up to you. And I was like, it's okay. It's fine. I mean, she had a kick. I didn't have a kick. It's all right. Like, you know, that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, if you, I like to think like if you two had passed each other, if she had passed you 30 miles prior and then you had run almost to pass her, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone would be so proud of your effort, right? Yeah, yeah. But because you were ahead and then fell back, like to me, it's it's your overall effort. It's yeah. when you get to the finish line that counts. Right, totally. If we measured to the halfway up the hill, then you would have won. Exactly. But that's not where, but that's we not where the finish is, right? right? Uh, totally. So it's your overall effort and the way you paced it was the way you paced it and the way she paced it was the way she, what happened to her is the way she paced it. So like those finishes to me, they feel like they're, they're separate. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think to a competitive runner, like when she's gaining on you, maybe they turn into like a different person, right. Yeah. Where like they gain some momentum that you and I just wouldn't gain. We would yeah. just be like, Oh, Oh, that's Casey. I love Casey. Yeah. I'm going to say hi when she and passes me. And she's so nice, you know? Uh, yeah, Brian was like, run! And I was like, it's all right. This is what I can do. It's all good. I think she got in this year. Yes, I know. She's going to be excited about Oh, that's that. very exciting. Yeah. Um, and you're like a legacy runner of the Hilo. So you get to run every yeah. year. You continue running. Oh, are you running. running this year as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How long? How long? How long are you gonna keep doing that? Um, okay, so hopefully this year will be number five. Yeah, you get the five-time buckle. Yeah, that's the goal. Um, so you know, John Davis is a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. He's the other yes. legacy runner. So he he has run it. How many times has he run it? I think he's seven? all the times. All the times. And he's finished all the times. He's, so he, yeah. I believe mm-hmm. he's seven. Seven. Okay. Wow. So I have to run it, John plus one. Oh. So you have to wait until John quits. And then do one more. And do one more. Yeah. <laughs> there is a competitive yeah. moment in your body. We found it. That's right. Blowing out the microphones. I'm sorry. <laughs> Got excited. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Oh, that's great. That's great. We should probably talk about Rocky Mountain Runners. Yeah, let's transition. So you started... Pretty incredible, well-known group in Boulder. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear the origin story well, of the Rocky Mountain Runners. They're, they're well-known, not just in Boulder, but like outside of Boulder. People yeah. know the green shirt. Mm-hmm. Like when, when the group of five green shirts lines up at the front of your race, you know, okay, I'm just going to be a bit of a challenge here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like I have so many questions, but just like, I guess just to start, you know, you and Ryan together, you mm-hmm. decided to start a running club. Yeah. When you moved here, like why and what was your intention with it? Yeah. And also like 
how? Did you just like start a Facebook? Like what are the logistics here? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the how we just sort of f- figured out as we went. Mm-hmm. Um, the why is kind of what drove us. And I think it was, it was, so Ryan's from the UK. He comes from like the British running scene. Oh, and there's a lot of clubs. There's a lot of clubs. British it's a very like, it goes way back. Um, and then in New York, um, a lot of people maybe around here don't know that like New York is a huge running scene. And it's all like club based. It's all club based. You're in this club or you're in that mm-hmm. club and you and, meet on these and nights. And there's a club for everyone, right? There's the super competitive ones. There's the all women ones. There's the like, you know, older people, younger people. Like every club has its own flavor, reputation, you know, like style. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, every club has their own like corner of the park where they like you know they base themselves out of um and when we came to boulder we didn't really find that same sort of like club feel there was a lot of like running groups either like organized through stores or like mm-hmm. coached yes. running groups there or are coaches coach running groups. um and none of that kind of had the the same sort of feel that we were used to um, which was a little surprising to us because I guess maybe we didn't realize that like we just assumed it kind of existed everywhere. Right. I almost feel it exists now. Yeah. And in so Boulder, yeah. but yeah, so the, I think you helped to create that. Well, I mean, sort of the goal was to have this sort of like unaffiliated club of, you know, not a, there's no coach, no one's telling you what to do. Um, there's no brand that sponsors it or they're like, you know, that it's associated with. It's really just like a member driven. Um, group of people that kind of just self-organize and motivate each other. Um, And one of the things that like the New York running scene and the UK running scene have in common is that like this strong sort of sense of pride and identity in like your club Mm. colors. Mm. So like the vest you put on at the race because like that's the team you belong with. Like, and it's not just like a team for like the sponsored athletes, but it's like everyone, everyone can be on a team, you know, and like our team and our club in New York, we were the reservoir dogs and our color was red. Um, you know, and other, you know, every color, every team had their color and their Jersey and their like, their sort of noticeable signs so that like in the race you were like, Oh, there's like the dashing whippets and there's the Harriers and there's the central park track club. And, you know, and, and we felt like, like that wasn't here in Boulder. And so we wanted Mm -hmm. to sort of bring that. It's interesting because I don't think there's a Mr. Red in Reservoir Dogs. No, I've never even seen the movie. Oh, yeah. oh, all of the people in Reservoir Dogs are are thieves, and they are all they all go by colors. There's oh. like a Mr. Pink, a Mr. Blue, Mr. Black. Is it, you guys should see Reservoir. Dogs. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why they picked red. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so like yeah. you could identify everyone by their colors, by their jersey. Yeah, and, and there's, there's a lot more like you know, you're identifying with your club. Like, you're not wearing your, you know, you're an ambassador for this brand, so you yeah. wear that team, but you're instead mm-hmm. wearing, like, the people that you're around. Right, yeah. The color. Um, and that just, like, you. I don't know, it, it, it feels cool. Um, it feels, mm-hmm. I mean, cool is such a vague word, but, like, it, it, you feel, like, a sense of pride and a sense of, like, like, you know, there's people rooting for me. I'm yeah. rooting for me. Like, I'm rooting for them. You know, there's a sense of, like, unity that comes with, with like, putting right. on, like, the sort of the intentional choice of, like, I'm going to put all, I'm going to put my team. And my you club, notice that about on. Rocky Mountain Runners. They yeah. show yeah. up for one another. They're yeah. a very supportive group. And I really wanted to know if that was intentional. And yeah. so this origin story is really yeah. showing me that that was intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Especially, like, 
I mean, in, in any phase of running, but like certainly the longer distances, mm -hmm. the like more challenging terrain. Um, that's where you you kind of need other people, you know. Um, ultra runners kind of have this reputation of being kind of like solitary, like I want to be alone in the woods, like far away from civilization. But like, but you can't you can't really get there alone. Um, it's pretty difficult. Most ultra runners have, or you know, have teams of people yeah. that help them or assist them or run with them or they do adventures with. Like, mm -hmm. I do almost zero adventures alone. Yeah, I would say probably close to zero. Yeah. I'm you, always with people. Always with people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you learn from each other. You also just have more fun that way. Yeah. Um, and it's it's also safer. Definitely yeah. safer. I mean, yeah, you can't discount the inherent danger with some of the things we do, mm -hmm. even though it is smaller than most of what people think it is. Right. But uh, it's always helpful to have somebody who can help in an emergency. Yeah. Somebody who can get that 911 call out if you really do need it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so that sort of, um, that sort of spirit of like a club, um, was, was very intentional. It was sort of like one of the, our founding sort of our founding vision for RMR. So why green? Um, so RMR and green, um, all came to be on a road trip. Um, we had just gone to run across Zion national park. And so we were driving back and we had mm. been sort of brainstorming on this run. Um, and I think it was, it was somewhere where we like popped back into cell phone service that we like discovered the Rocky Mountain Runners, like that URL was available. We bought it. We just randomly picked green and then kind of made the connection afterwards that about green, green mountain. mountain. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't intentional. It was no. just sort of like <laughs> subliminal. Um, the, uh, RMR, uh, as is colloquially known, uh, runs green mountain every Monday mm -hmm. in a, in a right public now. open run yeah. now yeah. These, ever since I've known them. Yeah. But uh, even like yeah. right now, like they're running. Oh, literally they're right, oh, now. Literally Yo, right you, now. You're totally right. Yeah. I, I only realized, I think today that was like, oh, it's okay skipping yeah. Green Mountain. Oh, to, for to, us. I love that. To record with so, us. So um, another thing about RMR, I think they're intimidating around Boulder. They're like seen as being the fast people, very mm -hmm. intimidating. But yeah, I think that's not entirely incorrect. Yeah, but also I think um, what I've come to find is they're just like any other group of runners is where they are taking joy in the mountains. And I think I have a story of where I ran across a group of Rocky Mountain runners, and it was a good learning lesson for yeah. me. I was doing the Pawnee View Cannon Loop with a girlfriend, and these four guys flew past us wearing their RMR shirt. Okay. And their tiny, tiny shorts. Flew past us, and we're like, oh, God, they're going for the FKT or something today. Like, <laughs> we had a little bit of a, like, oh, those guys. Yeah. And then we ca catch them, and they're just picking berries in this patch of the woods. Uh -huh. And they're like, the berries are great here. Yeah. Come join us. <laughs> and it was such yeah. a good reminder that just because someone's faster than you doesn't mean that they're not out there for the very same reason totally. that you are. Yeah. What a fun experience. <laughs> yeah. I, th I mean, I think that anecdote really kind of sums up RMR. We do have a reputation for being pretty quick, um, but I don't think that that's entirely accurate. I think like, you know, if you've, you've come yeah. to the Monday yeah. runs, like, I mean, you know, the the fastest people could, if they wanted to, run it in about half the time it takes us to run up and down the mountain. Um, so our, our group runs are, like, 
conversational paced. Um, I think it's it's definitely everyone who comes and runs with us has some kind of running experience, probably has run Green Mountain before. Like we're certainly not like a, a like a beginner club for someone but who's never run so, before. But even so, like at the beginning of the Monday run, guy will ask you know, if anybody's new and if you do have spikes and a light because you need it on Green Mountain, <laughs> yeah. especially these days. So there, uh, I mean, you guys definitely take precautions against uh, inexperienced runners not having yeah. the correct gear. Right. Um, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, I think RMR definitely appears to be uh, hard to get into, but it definitely isn't. Like yeah. the more I've gone, the more I've felt uh, a part of that community. Yeah. And we've, I mean, we've, we've got plenty of back of the Packers in races. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's not just, you know, people just notice the front, yeah. um, you know, and, and, but we've got people sprinkled throughout, which I think is what makes it it's so something great. about the shirts. They're so yeah. identifiable. I mean, it, I mean, it was intentional, Yeah. but just, just to see the green shirts out there it's like, oh, you, you can see them everywhere. You, you know, it can be intimidating because it feels like it's, oh, that's their group. That's not our group. Right. But, um, yeah. But, you know, the, 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 what's cool that's coming out of this is like, you know, Golden Mountain Runners just down the road. Yeah. Us, right. And their color is blue. Um, and you've got the Denver Trail Runners. And like, you, you know, we're starting, you know, NAR Runners up in Fort Collins. You've mm. got some groups in California and you've got the Aravipa people in, in Arizona. Um, there's some really old time clubs on, you know, in Virginia and stuff that have been around for decades longer that have done this whole club thing before. Um, but so you're starting to like, you're starting to see it more. And yeah. I think that that's really cool because then you're starting up, you're, you're, you're lining up at races and you're like, oh, okay, well there's RMR and there's Golden Mountain Runners and there's these people. And like, and then other people might be like, well, I want to be a part of a club yeah. too. So I'm going to like look for a club or I'm going to start a club. And like, that would be such a cool thing to see, like, you know, the starting line of, I don't know, hard rock or your low, you know, any, any race yeah. where like almost everybody like belongs somewhere. And right? that's why I like this conversation because if it doesn't exist, create it. Mm-hmm. Like you're inspiring people yeah. to go out and create something that and, they want to see happen. And create your own version of it. Yes. Right? Like we created RMR much to like our version of it, of like what we wanted. Um, and we're like, well, surely some other people might want it too, right? And and maybe not everybody wants it, but they'll create their own thing that they want mm-hmm. and and have their their crew that wants that same stuff too. And I think yeah. that's, that's, you know, that's what clubs are all about. Yeah. Cool. And you guys have a have a motto, an intentional motto. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, this isn't training, this is living. So that's sort of our it's on our shirts. Um, it's uh it's like on our hats under the brim and like very subtle, um, just as like um like a self reminder. You know. Um, I like that. And I think sort of back to that sort of competitive conversation we were having earlier that like even though people think like, oh, RMR is going to show up here, they're just going to crush, or they're going to like trying to set the FKT on this like yeah. mountain loop, but like, <laughs> but can. like, but that's 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 not actually what drives RMR. You know, it's the camaraderie, it's the like mm-hmm. those adventures, it's the berries, yeah. um, it's it's all that, it's all traveling together to a race and just like you know showing up in green. You know, we'd called it gangrene. Um, <laughs> And it's just like... You don't want that. (laughs) And it's just, you know, it's It's fun. It's powerful. Yeah, it's infectious. Exactly. It'll get you. One thing about RMR is they always show up together. Like, you know, whether... I mean, obviously, High Lonesome is a big race in Colorado, so there's going to be a lot of people there. But even in smaller races, I'm always seeing 
uh, not just the runners, but the support, mm -hmm. people volunteering, and all around the sport. And like that's really cool to see that it's it's not just about the runners; it's about bringing people out there, or mm -hmm. or we'll see them out on mountain loops. And yeah. it's not just one; there's probably four or five of them out mm -hmm. there, all traveling in a group. So there's a lot of group. Uh, community that it's being built with the mountains yeah. um, and that's just so cool to see uh, everyone getting together to do these I don't know, it, I don't know how to put it like uh, like we saw Mario who's a good friend of mine uh, running out in uh, on uh, Mount Massive you know, yeah. he, he's there he's there with four other people they traveled out there and he's doing like a two-day thing and it's just it's cool that like going and running this beautiful mountain, it's, it's a little bit away. It's like two, three hours. But going out there is like nothing. You can always find somebody to go mm -hmm. with. Creating that community of people who are like-minded to go and experience yeah. these beautiful places, not because this is something like unique in the year, but in fact, it is just a weekend and we're going to go run on Mount Massive, that sort of thing. Yeah. Making it more normal yeah. and bringing people together who are like-minded about that. It's a very cool uh, group. That yeah you've helped create yeah how much of that is like intentional versus it just happened um I mean I think I think we we were pretty intentional about like certain like our vision and certain like founding principles with the club um so things like I mentioned before like like being unaffiliated and we've had some brands yeah. approach us over the years and we've we've sort of dug our heels in um, the value of being just being our own selves. Um, so that's one of the values that we've been pretty serious about. Um, the other thing is, is, is member driven. So for the first few years, like Ryan and I were kind of like spearheading things and like, you know, okay, well I'll do the Monday run. I'll do the Wednesday run. Um, there were often runs where like no one would come in the early days mm -hmm. or it was yeah. just like yeah. me and my friend who yeah. was just my friend. Um, you know, but we, but we stuck with it and we were like, we're going to be here every Wednesday. Um, and then as it started growing and as it started, like other people started, you know, catching on to the vibe and like liking it, um, Ryan and I have sort of like backed off from it and, yeah. and handed the reins or, or maybe not reins, but like handed some of the club identity to some other people in the club and and you know because we're we're not like the mom and dad of the club you know yeah. so we've got different group got run your leaders own children yeah Tile. um so we've got the monday run the wednesday run friday run and then we have a once a month thursday run that's our women's run um so and like we don't lead any of those and we've got our our social uh final friday social hour um also once a month and like we've got people who like who own each of those things and they they do their spin on it um and you know um so that's been really nice to see you also have some fun annual traditions do you yeah. have a favorite annual tradition Ooh. yeah um let's see we do a lot and they they kind of always like evolve into something a little more insane every time they, yeah they, they really yeah, do. yeah we've got several sort of the, annual annual events the the badass backwards what yeah. What is that? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I suppose we should explain it for also the. For but, me. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Boulder Badass is a is it's, a fat a ass one hundred mile fun run. Yeah. Um, uh, and then. There's yeah, a, which is is now t uh, 
this will be the 10th year. No, it was the 10th year. I can't even keep track. Um, but around 10 years. So we created, so the, the origin story of the, the badass, I think, is really kind of key um, to RMR and to, like, the spirit of the club. Um, one of uh, the club members for many, many years was this guy named Greg Salveson, who's done every ultra under the sun. He even does the, like, six hours under the dome of, like, oh, walking around a track. He's goes done to the hard dome. rock. He's done. That's like, in like Minnesota. Yeah, anyway. you name it, he's done it. Okay. Um, so he he unfortunately had a friend who um, was very suddenly diagnosed with cancer and passed Ooh. away very quickly. Mm. Um, and this I think was someone he was very close with um, in terms of running and someone I think who he shared his early days of the sport with. Um, mm. So as a way to honor her, um, for the next year he decided to run a hundred miler every month of that year oh wow <clears throat> as a challenge to himself um okay and so you know he was ticking along the months of the year and it was sometime in in the sort of late summer early fall and he was like you know December's really rough there's like yeah you know and this was 10 years ago he was like there's like where am I gonna run 100 in December that doesn't involve having to like go to Florida or something like that yeah I don't even know if across the years was revitalized 10 years ago yeah and 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 so he was like, I don't know what to do. How am I going to finish this year? Um, and so we were at the pub after a Monday run, and we were like, let's do it here. Aww. We'll, we'll create a 100-mile route, and we'll run it with you. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. That's yeah. support right there. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what we did. Um, we just ran it with him, and it was Greg's pace, and it was all about Greg. And, and I think there were six of us that started and three finished. Um, and, and it was like, I mean, we would stop and pee together. We would stop and tie our shoelaces together. Like this wasn't like a, okay, well, I'll see you. Good luck. I mean, it was, yeah. we were almost like almost holding hands the whole way. And we had some friends meet us at a few spots along the way to support us with food. Um, and that's kind of still how it runs today. And that's exactly, right? that's, like that's seven, the spirit of it. For mm -hmm. over 70 miles, you stick together uh -huh, until and, the, very and end. the aid yeah. station moves along with the crew. It, yeah, it's one aid station, and it sort of sets up, packs up, moves, sets up, packs up, moves, um, with, the, I think there's 13 aid stations. Wow. Um, and so the group is hand-picked, um, and... What are the, what are, what what are are the, the qualification criteria? That's a good question. Did you pick the most insane people, or, or yeah. the <laughs> yeah. most deserving insane yeah, people? Yeah, both. Uh, yeah. <laughs> most qualified people? <laughs> <clears throat> so... Oh, that's all right. <laughs> so that's the, <clears throat> that's the spirit of the badass. Okay. It's ah, running it together. Running it together. It's not a race. It's not like a, I mean, nobody even takes like time. Like how long does it take people to run the badass? I don't know. It doesn't really yeah. matter. It takes everybody about the same yeah. time. Um, and, and it has since, well, as, as when we decided to, to run this with Greg in December, mm -hmm. we just decided to, to make it a little bit. You know, you've had a few beers, and the, the ideas just start getting a little weirder and <laughs> yeah, weirder. Yeah, and so yeah. we were like, well, what would be, like, something really unreasonable, like, more unreasonable than running 100 miles in December in Boulder? Ooh. And we were like, well, what if it, like, what if it could start at 10 p.m. on a Friday after you've, you've worked all week? Oh, no. All day? What? We we're like that sounds great. So it starts at 10 p.m. on a oh, Friday, God. and you have until until Monday work to finish. It's just between working hours. Between just like working on hours, the weekend. yeah. 
Um, so it's turned into that. And then we did that for several years. And then... So you have to do two nights. Yeah, it's two nights. Oh, mm-hmm. two nights yeah. is hard. And it's dark in December. Well, it used to be in December. Yeah. Now it's in November. It's a little easier. Okay. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah. We do it We, we do it now on the, the day that the time changes when it falls back. Okay. And so it hits the second night oh. when you're somewhere like heading up Bear Peak and sort of the final stretch. So you, you don't you, pick a good weather you, window? It's like no, set? Oh, it's set, yeah. Okay. But then yeah. you get to it, time it travel. Be- it can be very cold. Uh-huh. Although this year wasn't. This so year was great. It's good. Yeah, but it's been cold. It's been windy. It's dark. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But it's it's fun. But yeah. So the 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 Boulder badass, uh, some someone, and I don't even remember who it was, turned also created sort of a a subsequent event called the Aspad. And it and it's okay. and it's completely meaningless, but it's the it's the complete opposite of the badass. So badass, we're talking about like community, everybody together, hand-holding, okay. support. Um, this is by yourself. Oh. So by yourself, you don't tell anyone, you don't get any support. Completely, is it unsupported, self-supported? I get uh, them you confused. would call it, uns- it would be self-supported if you were allowed to go to a store during okay. it. So but no, unsupported but- if you took everything uh, by with yourself. you, so with it's unsupported. Okay, wow. Yeah, so it's unsupported um, backwards. Backwards. And, and the backwards. course is um, it has quite a difficult end. What do, we, what do we mean by backwards? Well, it's, it's just the in reverse. reverse. Sorry, in okay. reverse. Yeah, so you run you run the course also uh-huh. starting any Friday you want at okay. 10 p.m. Oh. whatever time of year you want. Um, but you started at 10 p.m. You typically don't tell other people about it. Okay. Um, you don't start it at Monday at 6 a.m. and go yeah. in reverse time. Oh, that would be great. We just have to ten it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the ass bad turned into a thing that a few people have done. Now, because, you know, people have kind of reverted back to the community side of it, and now people pair up to do it. Okay. And so we had, a, we had three people do it together. Okay. Um, this fall. Yeah. That sounds better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. Yeah. So things just evolve. We've got. grow. Yeah. We've got Hell Week that we do in no, the Hell spring. Week is, Hell Week is fun. Yeah. Hell Week is if, great. If you consider that thing fun. When, yeah. What is so Hell that's Week? when the time changes back in the spring. It's okay. five days um, in March, mid-March. Um it's a Monday through Friday, so it's kind of the opposite window of time. So you've got like, you know, strike of midnight Monday to 11.59 p.m. Friday. Okay. To run, um, it's designated routes on each of the five peaks. Five out and back routes up to the five peaks of Boulder. The five mm-hmm. tallest peaks of Boulder. The five biggest peaks, yeah. You can do them as many times as you want in whatever order you want. You just have to follow the route and you have to do it between Monday and Friday. And each of them is individually mm-hmm. segmented and timed separately. So yeah. like you'll you run the out and back up Bear, you'll run the out and back up South Boulder, and you can do them in any any order. Some people do them immediately at the stroke of midnight and just run in between them or bike in between them. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that yeah, that's turned into Hell Week in a day, Hell Week in a morning. I I personally have done Hell Week in a day with a car travel in between, and yeah. that was hard enough. Mm-hmm. That, it's, it's pretty. Yeah. It's like I think in total it ends up being about a marathon with ten thousand feet of vert. Some, I don't know. Maybe that's a bit much, but that's my memory at least. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty hard. It's yeah, pretty, the first few peaks, you're like, oh, it's okay. And then you're like, you know, and there's a strategy of do I do the tall one first or the yeah. short, fast one? And then it's mid-March, 
So we get our, our, our March snowstorms. Oh, yeah. So Oof. you don't you have no idea what the conditions yeah. are going to be like that week. The start of the week can be one thing. The end of the week, inevitably, a two-foot storm hits. I mean, the start of a day can be yeah. one thing, and then the end so is two feet of snow. It's completely nuts. So you can never compare anything. So, like, again... Yeah. You try to go as fast as you can if you want, but it doesn't matter because, like, you might be, maybe you're doing it in snow. Or maybe it was 70 degrees and, like, blissful mountain running weather. Right. So, um, yeah, there's just all kinds of things. Just, you know, now I mean, we're... March can be some of the best conditions on those mountains. Yeah. And it can be some of the worst conditions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the downhills, when that snow is perfectly just slightly loose but not too loose... You can get the fastest downhills. Fastest. Yeah. I think Green Mountain has some uh, right, had right records now. last year. Or right now, is it yeah, today. super good? I think today, right yeah, now? it's really good. Oh, really? Gosh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, then that wet storm comes in. Yeah, <laughs> or it gets a little awful. too hot the next day and it glazes over uh-huh. and it turns icy. So, so yeah, there's always that thing of like, oh, no, I miss, I did the wrong peak at the wrong day. <laughs> um, and now, you know, so... So it's, you know, and we've just got tons of like quirky little events like that, that, that are completely pointless. Right. But, but, but so full of purpose and like, right. you could just run yeah. with RMR events all year and you'd be, you'd be pretty, you'd have a full year. Yeah. And then we, then we run on the track sometimes <gasps> because why not? Oh. Yeah. What track do you run? Just any one of the school tracks here will do just random sort of silly races where like you're seated by time. So it's not necessarily the fastest person who wins, okay. um, but like you know, you're you're trying to catch the person ahead of you and tag them out type of thing, um, and so that's really fun because you've got a bunch of mountain runners all of a sudden trying to to run 400 meters around a track, <laughs> oh, you know, gosh. and it's just silly. I, so it's like, why not? Let's yeah. let's just do it all. Yeah, yeah. I've do been doing a lot of track out. work recently, and it is a totally different skill. I mean, it's like, I mean, I feel like Gumby when I'm on the track. Oh I'm like, how does, how does this work? Am I doing it right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for, for the listeners out there, uh, Silke and I are moving our arms in a Terminator running move. Yeah, <laughs> T2, yeah. T2. Yeah. <laughs> well, Silke, you're a runner and the founder of this club, but you also have other things about you, like a beekeeper, as we learned earlier, and yeah. a mother. Yeah. I'd love to hear about how you were able to make that transition from being a runner just on your own schedule to now a runner navigating being a parent as well. Yeah. Um, let's see. She's six years old now. Six. Um, so, yeah, time flies. Um, Jeez. So she's getting yeah. kind of independent now, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just really nice. Yeah, yeah. not totally independent. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's been a really fun journey. You know, it's like, it's the, you know, my first time being a parent. Um, as is everybody's first time being a parent. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. eventually. Eventually, right? Um, but it's it's been fun to, to figure it out. Um, I think one of the, the sort of... M- maybe like most frustrating but also like best running years I had was in like the two years after she was born really um just because it it was kind of this push and pull of like how do I do it can I do it and also like I'm doing it at the same time and that was like a really um, kind of an emotional experience um to go through and I think one of the coolest things about it was that in the moment it it like it reset 
my sort of like relationship with running. Mm. Um, I think, um, which, which, you know, you don't know until like you look back on things. Um, I think before I got pregnant, I was definitely in this like, okay, well what's next, right? What's yep. next? Like, yep. um, you know, I, I had just run UTMB and I was like, you know, which you well, did amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it, it was just, it was cool to do that. Um, and I was like, all right, well, like harder, longer, faster, like everything had to be like a, a, a bigger thing, uh, right? Like mm-hmm. chasing the next big Yeah, goal. like more, yeah. That's right? That's a very ultra yeah, You got to get a train, you got to yeah, get faster, you got to come back. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, coming back from having a child, I mean, obviously pregnancy itself is, can be traumatic on the runner's body and has, involves its own recovery. But now your time is being split. Your training mm-hmm. time is is more difficult to fit in yeah. and balance with your husband, who is also a semi-pro runner. I don't know. Not a pro, but just, like, very good and also mm-hmm. cares about his running, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, I imagine that instead of just be, being more focused on yourself, it's a lot more about, like, you know, everything around it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just what can I do next, but being happy with being able to be out there and be, you know, enjoy your running. Is that, is that somewhat vibe? Yes, totally. Just yes. like I'm here and yeah. I'm doing it despite all of these challenges. Yeah. Uh-huh. And this, yeah. And I'm, and I'm here and it's raining and I don't care or I'm here yeah. and it's like the sidewalks are icy, but I'm here and I'm doing it. And like, this was my chance. And I'm gonna take it. And I'm so yeah. glad to be here or like, you know, I got the like 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning time slot. So like, <laughs> like I'm feeling pretty happy about that. You know, there's just all kinds of things before where I was like, you know, maybe, you know, like thinking too hard about running. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden running just became very simple. I was like, I'm going to put my shoes on and I'm going to just literally walk out the front door. More I get to run than I, yeah. this is when I'm going to go running and I have to run now. And, yeah. And I'm like, how many times have I done Bear Peak this week? Not enough. Got to do Bear Peak again. <laughs> it was like, I'm just going to literally just run down my driveway and like turn left and just go yeah. for a run. And, and valuing more of those moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then also finding creative ways of, of like bringing the trails back in because the, you know, that's more mm-hmm. time consuming. It's slower running. Right. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're out there for longer. Yeah. So how do you, how do like learning how to, to fit that in for me, to fit that in for Ryan, but then also to like fit that in together, you know, yeah. like, I've also, I've often referred to our kid as like our baton because there were often many times where we would like meet at a trailhead. You know, I would have my in-reach tracker. And so he knew when I was finishing and we would like swap. But ah, then, you oh, know. this is great logistics. Yeah, yeah. Um, or like stroller running, right? Yeah. He would be, in the winter, we'd be running like the North Boulder roads. Oh, yeah. Um, and he'd be out for 20 miles. And so then I would, towards the end of his 20-miler, I would start mine with the stroller. And I'd meet him on his last mile. Oh, and we gosh. would literally transition. And I would hand the stroller over to him. Just push it. And it would glide. And he'd take it. And he'd like <laughs> run back with it, you know? So just like... <laughs> Because, like, you got to squeeze it in. Otherwise, it's going to, like, take you all day. But then also trying to, like, bring our kid into it for a bit. So she got a bit of a run in as well. Or, like, got a bit of a hike in in the in-between. Or, like, once somebody finishes, then we, like, meet back up and we, you know, experience it together. I know John Kelly, who has, like, four children, will, like, run 
do his long run and end at a park where his kids and yes. his wife will meet them and then they'll go for a hike. Yeah. And like trying to, to fit this aspect that takes, I mean, I, you know, some people call it selfish, but like it is somewhat selfish. This idea that I'm going to take these three, six, two, whatever it is, these hours in my day mm-hmm. when many parents, you know, like it's, it's difficult to carve that out, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with two parents who both need to carve it out because they're both training for something. Yeah. But it's not, you know, I don't think it's selfish at I all. I don't think so either. It, it, it like, it makes, it makes you, you. Yeah. And I think so much of your identity when you become a parent gets like, that becomes so much of your identity mm-hmm. that like, you still have to ground yourself in who you are. And like, it's yeah. important to carve out whatever the space is for you. Yeah. Um, and, and that's and, important for your daughter to see that. Yeah. I would sp- say, especially a daughter to see her, yeah. mo- her mother holding multiple identities and being a strong person pursuing her own passions. Yeah. I think so. Um, I like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I come, I, you know, I work it out on the run and I come home and I'm a sweatier, but better person yeah. because of it. Um, and, you know, like back to the club aspect, getting to raise a kid in like in a community, like community. a club has yeah. been really yeah. cool. You know, um, Isla's been to like, she's been to all the races. She's, <laughs> she's not, and not just our races, but like our friends races. She's now she's old enough that she can like help out at the aid stations. You know, we had her like chopping the bananas, oh um, it's or adorable. at least like ringing a cowbell <laughs> and telling people to turn left. Um, but it's been really cool for her to see people supporting each other, right? So not just like supporting mom or supporting dad, but like we're supporting someone else. And yeah. then they come and they support us. And then like we all go and support like just this, like everybody plays their part and like everybody gets it, everybody gives it. Um, and that's been really cool, especially I remember in her toddler years, um, or maybe she was like probably right around four, so a little bit older than that. And we were at Leadville. We were going for a little hike at one of out of the Twin Lakes aid station sure. during the race. Um, and she was she was starting to understand what pacers, what that meant, ah. right? And so it's pretty early. Yeah, took me, took yeah. me a bit longer. Yeah, <laughs> four years old, right? Um, and so you know, and, and it's at Leadville where like people can carry things. Your pacer can carry. Oh yeah, mule, mule, highly. Yeah, and so we were used. going for a little hike, and she was like, okay. So she was like, so pace, pacing is like, so like, you know how sometimes you hold my water bottle and my snack for me when we're out on a hike? And I was like, yeah. She was like, so that's, that's like, that's what you're doing when you're a pacer, right? And I was like, that's exactly what we're doing. Like, yeah. I'm carrying my friend's water bottle and her snacks. And if yeah. she's hungry, I, we sit sometimes or we keep walking and, and I hand her the snacks. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, and so like, if there's a downhill, do you hold her hand so she doesn't fall? Uh-huh. And I was like, I mean, she was getting it, yeah. right? Yeah. And I was like, kind of like what you and I do is what like I'm doing with my friends when I'm out here and supporting them. And then like yeah. when I'm running, they're doing it for me. So you give her an idea of what you're doing when you're not. When I'm not around. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I get it. She was like, that's really nice. And then like, you know, this past summer at, um, at High Lonesome, she paced me into the field um, from the road. So it was like the last like 400 meters or something, which is like a long way to go. Right. And like, and she, she, she wanted to practice beforehand. So we went on like a few short little runs 
beforehand so she could practice pacing because she, she meets was, you at the at the road entrance. Uh-huh, at the road oh entrance. Yeah, and so and that's technical. Yeah, it's, that, not, it's not a trail. No. It's just a field. Yeah, it's just a field with <laughs> lumpy grass. But like she felt like she was part of the team because she was like, oh, I've never I've never been a pacer before. Like everybody else has paced you, and like now yeah. you, you know I'm gonna be one of your pacers. Um, she gets to support you in that way. Yeah, and Aww. so. So that was really cool. So she's seen that, like, being in the club, people have mm-hmm. modeled that for her. And I think that, like, that's one of the best things you can do for kids is, like, is show them kindness, show yes. them support, show them that, like, you know, yes, the, wo- the world revolves around them, but it revolves around us, like, mm-hmm. all of us, like, as a community. And so that's been really, um, really cool. And to yeah. her, it's... She doesn't know any different. Oh, this is totally normal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ryan was running the when this fall he ran the Indianapolis Marathon, and she was like, "How many nights is he running?" And I was like, "Oh no, I mean, he'll be done by the time like we're finished with breakfast." And she was like, "I mean, is he even running? (laughs) Like, what is that?" (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is the marathon even a run? (laughs) And then she asked me if Courtney was running it because she has followed so many of the races and she she knows Courtney DeWalter's name, and so every race she's like, "Oh, is Is this is Courtney in it?" I mean, that's what I ask every time I get to a race. Is Courtney here? Yeah. So it's like, I mean, she's a fan and she does even know it oh, yeah. that's so, so cute. cute yeah does she have little lost sportivas uh she doesn't she has a little aramara shirt uh, um i think her feet are just about big enough to fit in the smallest size sportiva at this point perfect so we'll have to get her in one of those perfect yeah well this has been great um i think we end our podcast by asking our guests if you'd like to share a piece of advice or wisdom with our audience. And so I'd like to turn it over to you to share an unsolicited piece of advice. All right. Um, Let's see. um, A piece of advice. I think something that um, RMR has always really showed me, um, and I think one of the the greatest values of being part of a group um, is... I always tell people in races, like, if you're in a hole in a race, like, find someone else who's in a hole and pull them out. Mm. Pull them out, and you will have pulled yourself out, oh, too. Oh, yeah. I um, like that. Um, so that's good advice. That yeah. Really, in any aspect of life. Yeah, and it's, like, same thing, like, you're, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, like, negative, right? It can, you can flip yeah. it to the positive, right? Find someone who shares that stoke, um, and that will feel your own stoke, um, so that's one of the biggest sort of takeaways that I've, that I've had from being a part of something bigger than just me. Yeah. I know. I know. I've yeah. experienced that. Like last year, I had a race where I really didn't want to continue past the halfway mark, but I was guiding, kind of showing one other person. And he really wanted to finish. He had never finished. And this was one of these bushwhacking things I do. And so, and I knew the course, so I could show him the, that, the rest of that. And that, that just the act of, of guiding him and helping him finish was more than enough motivation to get me to, to continue yeah. when my personal motivation wasn't there. Yeah. So like who mm-hmm. was guiding who? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So Thank, Thank you, you so, so much for joining us. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it.